And I appreciate Brother Parker today. And I know that he and Brother Art Wilson ministered mightily to the men of the Kentucky District. This past weekend, I know that God moved mightily. I've been to several of those Kentucky Men's District Men's Conferences, and there has always been some kind of move of God there. And so I believe that God ordained these two men to be there to teach and to preach and to lift up those men in that district. Amen. So I'm thankful that God will take our pastor and use him in that way. Amen. And I prayed and covered him with prayer, as I know you did. And that ask God to anoint him, to give him a word for those men. Amen. And so we want to remember to pray for him as he travels tomorrow to come back to us. Amen. And I'm sure he's ministering today. And so that God would use him mightily. Amen. Amen. How many appreciate your pastor? Amen. I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how, if I'd have ever made it with God without a pastor in my life. Amen. Amen. And so we need our pastor. Amen. We need his direction, his focus, his anointing. He's got that burden for the for the people, that shepherd. You know, a shepherd takes care of a flock, and he leads a flock to the best grass to eat. And he leads a flock to the safe places, and he watches out for the flock. And so we've got a man of God like that here that does exactly that, amen. And, and sometimes those sheep, they just kind of start wondering, eh. I've never been a shepherd, but I'm, I've heard that they can just kind of wander off. And so it's the good shepherd that will, Jesus said, left, he said he left the 90 and 9 and went after the one that was, that had wandered off, right? Amen. I've been thankful, amen, for those pastors that will keep their thumb and their, their, their finger on the heartbeat of the church, of the body of the, of the, the people, amen, the sheep of the pasture, amen. Amen. I'm thankful for a pastor today. Praise God. Amen. John chapter 15, starting in verse 12. I'm sorry, Sister Parker, I kind of threw that lift, threw that curveball at you. <laughs> that was one of those moments where I woke up and said, ooh, I need to go backwards a couple scriptures. <laughs> this is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. That word love there in that scripture is agape. And there's four different words in the in the Greek for love. One of them is a family love. One's a friendship love. One's called eros. That's like a sexual love. And then there's this word agape, which is what I call a God love because it's an unconditional love. It has no conditions. Those other three are conditional on you being family, on you being a friend, on the other one, obvious. But the, the agape love is unconditional love. It has no conditions. Amen. He loves us. He loved us when we were unlovable. Amen. He loved us when he went to that cross. When we weren't even born yet, Sister Linda, he loved us. And he knew what we were going to get ourselves mixed up in and messed up in, but he still loved us. And so he's telling us that, that you love one another, and that's not just talking about the church either. That's talking about, you know, whatsoever you do to the very least of these, my brethren, whatever we do to those that we come in contact with every day, it's like we're doing it to Jesus. So we got to love them like he loved them. And that's my prayer every day. Lord, help me to express that love that, and have that compassion that you, and that, that willingness and ability to forgive that you had 
when you showed forgiveness and love and compassion to me. Amen? So we got to love one another as he has loved us. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. Amen? That's conditional right there. You are my friends. I want to be God's friend. Amen. How many wants to be a friend of Jesus today? Amen. I want to be a friend of Jesus. And so, but I want to, I want to do what he's commanded me to do. I'm willing to do that. Amen. Are you willing to do that? Amen. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but he, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. Verse 16, if you you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. There he is, he's repeating that. We are the servants to the thing we choose to obey. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for your good word. We thank you for the word that's already been ministered in this place, for your spirit and presence and power that's here. Lord, that you would continue to have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. That word chosen is going to be the title of my sermon, my message today. Chosen. Everybody say chosen. Amen. I used to go to a conference in Kentucky called Chosen. And uh, it was a really great conference. They'd have great preachers there. And, but, but chosen is the, is the word I was... Have you ever gone, been going out to dinner with somebody and, and you say, Hey, where would you like to eat? We have this argument all the time. <laughs> and I say, Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Or what do you want? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you get, and nobody can decide, right? So you, you just have to end up compromising. And then you say, it doesn't matter. So then the other person says, okay, Taco Bell. No, I don't want that. <laughs> well, then why'd you say it didn't matter? Right? And so Monday I was traveling back from Kentucky to here and, you know, I, just a long weekend, Easter weekend with my family and, and some church friends and stuff and good people of God and uh, grandkids and all that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> so I said, well, I'm going to have 10 hours on the road. I'm going to talk to the Lord and I'm going to let the Lord talk to me. And, and it's kind of like that when I get up to minister in this place or any place. I, I ask the Lord because you're his people. Whoever I'm ministering to, they, they're his people. And so I ask the Lord, it's kind of like that same question, where do you want to eat? Only I ask the Lord, what is it that your people need to hear? You know who's going to be there. You know who's not going to be there. He already knows that. And he already knows what's going on in each one of your lives. And and sometimes when we go to a church service, we sit there in a church service and, and the preacher's preaching and we just feel like that, you know, it's not for us. Well, it might not be for you that day. It might be for somebody else. God's always reaching for somebody. 
in a church service. Amen. It might just be one person. But he's always, I believe, he's always reaching for somebody. And so I asked the Lord as I was just driving and praying. My wife was sitting over there doing cross-stitch or something. And so I was just quietly praying and saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to preach? And he just gave me this scripture in, in, in uh, John 15 and 16. And I have, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen. And just think about that for a minute. We, When we came to God, we weren't really... I wasn't looking for God, right? He came looking for me. Well, actually, that's not true. He already knew where I was. But he he chose me, the Bible says, before the foundations of the world. He predest- Paul talks about he predestinated us. Amen? And so he chose us. And that Greek word chose, chosen there means to select and to choose. To, to choose, to select, to, to choose someone. To choose for oneself, not necessarily implying the rejection of what is not chosen, but giving favor to the chosen subject. It's not saying that he, it's not like he's not choosing somebody else, but he personally, you know, there's how many billions of people in this country, in this world, but he chose us specifically by name, by life. He chose us before the foundation of the world. The problem is he leaves us with a choice. Because we have this thing called the will, the human will that he gave, and he leaves it up to us to decide how to make. You know, I chose my, in my mind, when I wanted to be my wife for life, but it wouldn't have mattered if she hadn't chose me. It has to be a mutual thing. It says you're keeping in view a relationship to be established between the one choosing and the It's a relationship. That's what that word chosen in the scripture. Preference and selection from among many choices. Sometimes, man, out of all the people in the world, why did God choose me? Why, you know, why did He chose me? How many people that anybody, other person on the map, and but God chose. You know, we growing up, we all went to the playground. Well, most of us did. I don't know about today. Most of us older folks went to the playground to play kickball or something like that. Some captains were chosen to be on the captains over two. Everybody stood around and went to pick their team, and nobody wanted to be chosen last. That kind of sent a clear message. I'll take Vince. Come on. That's how it was, right? We just got over that. You know, a little psyche. We just got over it. <laughs> and so we, I was reading, uh, technically reading, I was listening to an author. guy was saying that the psychologists say that we make in the neighborhood of about 15,000 choices a day. Each one of us. Think about that. Hey, that many? Just think about from the minute you wake up before you even get in your car, how many choices you make. And then you get in your car, now you got to deal with drivers out there. And you have to how you're going to respond to those situations. And so we're constantly thinking about it, making choices all day long. How we're going to respond, how we're going to act, what we're going to say, what we're going to think. How we're going to, am I going to let it by? Am I going to just, into Jesus, right? Like I heard one preacher say, we've got a pond of peace, and the stuff that comes into our life, we have to decide if we're going to throw that rock in our pond and mess up our nice, cool, nice, flat, cool pond that's casting on Jesus. Okay. Casting all your care upon him, right? So, my life, with it. And so we make all these choices every day. That's what psychologists say, and I believe that. And when he said that, I began to think, we really do make a lot of choices. Grandparent, if you're... I mean, there's just, I can see 15,000 choices a day happening about it, right? And so choice is a big thing, and it's a big thing to God. I've chosen you, you've not chosen me, right? In the least, I have several translations, Sister Parker, and I just like to kind of kind of float between them because I'll find understanding. We make me the object of yourself, but I selected you out for myself, you in order that you might be going away 
and constantly bearing fruit. Fruit might be remaining in order ever you might ask in the father, of the Father in my name, he may give it you. You did not make the, me the object of your choice for yourselves, but I selected you out for myself. It's not that we didn't choose the Lord, but he's saying, I thought about choosing me. Oh, you. Already chosen. Every single person outside the doors of this building right now, in this 51,000 plus population in the city of La Crosse, has already been by God to be sitting in this building right now, building somewhere. Walking in truth, light. The problem is, is that they don't them take that step to receive that choice that the Lord made for them. There could be so many reasons why that has happened or hasn't happened. We're going to get into that. And how are we doing so far? Praise God. The Bible says that we are Jews inwardly, right? We are selected. We were selected by the Lord. He allowed us to be selected in. And I'll graphic, but I can, I can probably describe it. If anybody has ever done every, anything with into a tree or any kind of thing like that, when you graft a little branch, you go to the tree and you slice it with a knife or something. Peel back some of that tree, and then you have to twig or branch or whatever it is in there, and then you have to wrap it with something, some string or something like that, and you have to kind of let that, and that tree has to receive grafting and allow it to, to become part of that tree. Amen? And so, let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Bible talks about this grafting in. For if the first fruit be holy, and the last fruit be holy, so are the Next verse. And if some of the branches be the wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with the partakest of the root and the fat tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Next verse. Thou wilt say, were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Verse, well, because of and thou standest by faith, be not fear. Next verse. Branches. This is a little bit of a warning right here. He also spare not thee. Next. For the severity of God, in them which fell severity, but toward goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, thou also shalt be. So he in out of his mercy and grace. Because we were not Jews. He said, I'm going to make this available to everybody. Amen. So we are without excuse if we've heard this gospel and don't come. And, right? Heard the gospel and accept has provided for them in their life. They have their reward, the Bible says. Amen. They have so there, there's an example after example of people who would have gone unnoticed had it not been for the fact that God chose them for a specific purpose and reason in order to accomplish his will. For example, in the New Testament, he told the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, and it never says that she was the fact that it kind of was guilty. What does he tell her? Go and sin. Don't do more. Go walk differently than you've walked up to this point. Those things didn't just happen in the Bible. Amen? Jesus, in these circumstances, as teaching moments, but as examples for us to follow. Because he showed mercy to that woman. Grace and mercy, all they wanted to do was condemn and kill her. And by the law, she should Of course, the other side of the equation wasn't there, I don't think. I don't know. When you, when you commit adultery, right? So where was the guy? That's my first question. Possibly, yeah. 
Uh-huh. So when he started writing in the dirt, I've always believed that he was writing the name of the guy. <laughs> or maybe the guy. One by one, the Bible says they laughed. So as he wrote their name, oh, never mind. Uh, but he, the circumstance, she was chosen to throw her to the side. He had mercy upon her, and he said, go and sin no more. Where is her? How many of us have felt like that sometimes? We've just been accused. And we're going, what? Amen. Didn't want to bother anybody. Do you think Jesus knew she was coming? I think he set that the whole thing up. When he said, who touched me? He the disciples. Because in the end of that, he said, no, no, no. Nobody touched me. Virtue flowed out. Man, to have that kind of faith. She was chosen for that. Once again, Jesus didn't do anything by happenstance. Everything that happened by plan and for a reason. The Samaritan woman at the well, what did he say to her? must need go through Samaria. He didn't say why. He said, I must need go through Samaria. When he got there, what was the first thing he did when he got to that well? He got rid of his disciples. He sent them off to Walmart to buy some bread. He did. He sent them off to buy bread. Not to Walmart, but he sent them off to the market to buy bread. He was getting them out of the way because he, had, he knew that woman was coming to the life. And we know that because so they had their little discussion about who he was. And he said, well, go get your husband. When God just reads your mail like that? No, not really. Just, he said, no, I, the one I had now is not my husband in the past either. He chose her. He went for the, at the well. And because he went out of his one woman, they had revival. She went back and before long, I know about this man that just told her everything about her life. Man, where is this guy? I want to go find him too. A lot of these people in these bad decisions. While God was waiting for them to just come around, waiting for the moment to miss Amen. And we've got to do that. He has chosen us too. He hasn't just chosen us. It's not what we're here. I like coffee and I like bonbons, but I need the bonbons anymore, so I'm stuck with the Amen. That we sing, I won't sing it, and we won't sing it. He says, I choose to be a You know, the, the choice was his to choose. So he chose us when he went to the cross. But we have a choice. And his decision and choice to choose us. Okay, fine. To be a choose to be like him. Nobody this is how I want to live. You decide for you, and I'll decide for me. We have to choose. He's already chosen us. Scripture. You've not chosen me. I've chosen. And who is not just standing right there? Lord, our God shall call. Right. Mark three. Mark three thirteen. Mark three thirteen through fifteen. Said, "Step up into the mountain, and he called unto him, and they came unto him, and he ordained twelve, that he might send them." to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out devils. He chose these 12 men. He went out and chose so that there would just be 12, but he send them that they should go out in the scripture, that they, they had to go out and bear fruit. Fruit. Power and cast out devils. 6 and 20 in the Amplified says you were bought with a price. Think about that. With a price. Biblical days, what that 
bought. And so you were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. Made his own with his own blood. He was suffering. We just had, and they, they didn't have the sound system thing working right in but man, Brother Seidenfadden just killed it. He gave such a description of that incident and what happened to Jesus, and that the could feel the pain. He did. He just was. It was so graphic. His death was. It was so. They yanked his beard out in handfuls. And it hurts for me to. Can you imagine handfuls? They sheet over his head and beat him with sticks and said, "Who hit you?" I mean, just think of that. And he endured that. Endured that. And he was saying to himself, for them, I cannot imagine the pain that he suffered. They they beat his back so severely with those cat of nine tails that one person called said his back looked like raw hamburger. I mean, it was just the flesh was just ripped open. You could see organs. I mean, he went through un, unbelievable sake. He could choose us. And we just want to sit around and drink coffee and eat bonbons? Really? And that's what he was trying to tell his disciples. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. You should go forth and bear fruit. You know, he went to his disciples. And after he was resurrected, and they all this. After he had told them what? Go ye therefore and teach on me. Where were hiding in a room? Know that. Because the Bible went in and upgraded them with their unbelief. When, when he, that word upbraided is the same word that's used when it talks about Jesus going into the temple and forming a whip and knocking over that same word. So he, he was remembering. It's like, what are you guys doing in here? Get out of there. They were fearful. They were afraid because their Savior was dead. Now what do we do? Because that's what they said. Let's go back to the boats. But Jesus said, no, no, no. You go. I gave you power and authority. Go. That same power and authority is living in us today. If we have been duly deputized, okay? Everybody knows what that means, right? When you're duly deputized, you stand in front of a judge or the sheriff or whatever, and you, you swear an oath. Well, if you served in the military, you know what that means. For an oath. Take this gospel out there. <laughs> it hurt when I said that. The woman already said that. Mary was chosen as a virgin. Not she was in the lineage. Of Jesus, she was just chosen. She was not one that was decided by her high school classes most likely to succeed or do anything in life, probably. But Jesus, the Lord, chose her and sent an angel to, to her and say, "You're nobody for this." You. It didn't mean that we're supposed to worship her, but she, because she was in the upper room there on the day of Pentecost, so she needed to be like everybody else, right? Aren't we vessels? Parker's already talked about that. Aren't we a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people? Aren't we all those? We should ask was chosen. And, you know, the more I tell these, the more I read this, the more I tell these stories, you're, you're, I hope you're that these chosen people weren't, I mean, they had some stuff going In the book of Esther, 4, verse 13, it says, Then Mordecai, Mordecai Commanded to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there enlarge 
to the Jews and from, uh, from another place, but the other's house shall be destroyed. Who knoweth whether come God or the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows? Esther, if you weren't born and, and she was being who knows if you weren't taken to the king to the to the be chosen to be this king to, for God to plant you there specifically to do the thing you need to do for the people of Israel. She would have not stood said, Oh, me, 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 I'll do it. She would have not done that. And you would she go on and say in that in that story? But if it's for the kingdom, they probably don't want to go there, but it's not about their flesh. It's not because they see the big picture. If we don't know who is who's going to win those people, if nobody else wants to go, we'll go. Okay, God, we'll go. We don't know how we're going to say those, those names of those cities, but we're going to go. And you're going to get the details later. Amen. Created the so he can help them have understanding, right? Great God. David was chosen, little boy. And when he went before Goliath, he was brothers. He was mocked. Oh, go back. What are you here for? To see the battle? And David, his brothers. No, I'm here to be the battle, right? I can defeat a bear, and that guy, not. But he is. He's saying stuff against the almost almighty God that has, has helped me, and so I'm not going to put up with that. Amen? Moses was chosen from his childhood. Before he was ever basket and sent down, he already was chosen to be the deliverer. He was chosen. And these people that were chosen, it wasn't a life of luxury and leisure. They went stuff. Some things. Okay? Rahab the harlot. Wow. I get these little emails. I, I sign up for all kinds of this kind of stuff. and I, I like good food. And then that receiving good stuff happened across this guy. Named I just like his stuff. And I've read some of his books. And so I have a little email that I get about leadership. And it's just some of it's really good stuff. And so this week, I happened to get this email from him that talked about Rahab. And I thought, wow, this is pretty neat. Thank you, God. So I wanted to read this to you. It's called An Unexpected Leader. Wait a minute. Rahab, and she was a leader? Wow, think about that for a minute. The city shall be doomed. It and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are in her, uh, who are with her in her, leaders that was sent. 17. Use body. This woman worked as a prostitute. Although the Hebrew spies needed someone to help them scope out the best approach to conquering the city, there seemed a reason why Rahab should have been considered for the role. But because it depends less on titles than it does on influence, God chose Rahab. She helped the spies by her quick wisdom, gutsy style, and clever plan. She saved her own life, but aided in accomplishing of God and Jerry, wise leaders remember that God sees while many would never trust a woman that of Rahab how many would how many would say ah, a prostitute that would be a perfect job no none of us would have no, no, no. let's go pick somebody that looks good and is smart and we would have just used our own criteria in our own mind to pick that 
had other plans. He needed somebody like her. While uh, many would never have trusted a woman with personal history like Rahab, God selected. Rahab faithfully served God. Her family lived adapted into the Hebrews. She became an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Got grafted in the image of Jesus Christ because she was willing to lay her however bad or good it was. She was lie down and realized that, hey, chosen for this particular thing just like Esther was. How many of us have got to that place where we said, you know what? I'm tired of life the way I'm living it. I'm sick and tired of being a prostitute. She probably said that. And when she knew that her household was going to be saved, I bet you she went and got everybody that she knew and everybody that they knew and filled her house to just overflowing so that when that city of Jericho fell, because he told her, everybody that's in your house is going to be saved. Look that serious. She took being chosen of God to do that thing very serious. Amen, as we should. Praise God. And I could go with you to Hebrews, to what we call the faith chapter. It goes on about heroes of faith. They went through. The ones that some of them I've already touched on here. All the things, they weren't just, just laying to the side and, and chose them to use them for that purpose. Some stuff for the kingdom. Amen? Ephesians, the Amplified says, In him we are God's heritage, or God's portion, and we obtain an inheritance, for we have been foreordained. What does that mean? Foreordained. Because God knows the beginning, beginning from the ending. He knows the end before we, we got to the beginning. He already knows who he's chosen. He already knows, based on this, everybody in this city is saved. He's, the problem comes in is they made their mind up. It's already there for them. Right? Because any one of us in this, maybe later, that's not for me. This room could not be sitting here. When we found out that we were chosen, do people do that? Absolutely. That's their choice. In parentheses, they're chosen and appointed beforehand. And appointed already. He already knew what our ministry was going to be. He knew what we were going to be doing in his kingdom. But we had, our destiny is determined by our choice and decision that he's not going to usurp. He gave us that will. He's not going to, he's going to, I've chosen you, the choice is yours. Right? Nobody, like that song, nobody's making me do this. Hand on my back and shoved me up to the altar when I got the Holy Ghost. I went all by myself. And I didn't even know what I was saying, but I said this and what, God honored that. Made that choice, and I took that step. To care of the rest. In every one of these cases, God took care of the rest. If when they stepped forward for the kingdom, He made care of the rest of the deal. In accordance with His purpose, He works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of His own will. It really is about God's will. It's His will to be fruitful and to multiply. It's His will for us to go forth and bear forth fruit, and that our fruit alluded to in the in the morning. We've got to use the word. The more of this you put in you, the more will come out. And you're sitting in front of that person teaching that. We've got to be prepared. You know, those 70 that. Wow, even the devils are subject unto us through your. Amen. He sent out those 70. He sent out those 12. Then he sent out 70. Once again, let's just 
just kind of a pattern. He was telling us, you, I can't influence people that you can influence, but you can. I get the opportunity to walk those halls the hospital every Monday through Friday and only by myself. He's kind of under my breath, mumbling, and I'm wondering if somebody people anyway but i'm just pushing my cart going to my next job i'm praying over that whole place i don't know who i'm going to come in contact with i don't know through god if this is an opportunity for you then let me know help me to know that help me to have the wisdom and to know when when somebody's having problems if i can just drop a word if i can just say something to show to them i might not get to preach to them i might not get to study but if i can just show that love because that's what i'm there for i'm not there for the paycheck i'm not in my mind, yes, I mean, they're paying me to be there a job, and I'm going to do my job, but really, because God opened that door. He a mission field. He gave me a place to, to bring this ministry, this truth, to bring his spirit. And so I've got to use that opportunity wisely, like those people that we've been talking about. I've got to use that opportunity. As I bring this to a close, Parker already went there. I'm going to go to the book of Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read down through Killed the Lord of glory. He told them that. And they realized that they had a decision to make. When it was evident to them that done, like, OMG, what must I do to be saved? Right? That's what they said. And he answered them. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. But repent means you don't, you're going to turn and not do that anymore. About face. We're March. You're not going to do that anymore. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall choose or call. Does that limit that to anybody? Even as many as the Lord our God shall call? That's anybody and everybody. If they'll just realize what was being presented to them and make the decision to do that, it's there for them. And what he testified and exhorted from the Son to our generation. And they that received his word were baptized. And they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and signs were done apostles. All that believed were together common, and goods imparted them as every man had need. Wow, they they everything. They they sold their goods and basically gave it all away, whatever was needed. That's tough right there. I don't mind to do that. Maybe I would, I don't know. Continuing day with one accord in the temple, breaking gladness and singing heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And they weren't just, when they were breaking bread from house to house, they weren't just literally eating bread. They were taking this gospel to their neighbors, to their co-workers, to the people they met at the market every day. They were taking this thing to who listened to them. And it doesn't there, but I just have to believe that just like on the day, there were way, 3,000 people there. Way more. And you're telling me only 3,000 were added that day? Now, does that count the 120 in the upper room? But you're that were there. They made their decision. And so they ran up against some stuff. And as you go through the New Testament, that the church was persecuted. Just like Jesus said, you're going to stand for my name, you're going to suffer persecution. What did, they, what did the Ananias told Ananias? What did he tell him? You're going to go first. You're going to go baptize him, and then you're going to, he must suffer for. 
comes Ananias. Hey, Paul. <laughs> Kill me. Because that's what he thought. He said, Lord, that's the guy that's killing people. He sent me to tell you this. That you're going to be a servant. Chosen you and that you're going to suffer. This, this, and this. And how would have said, uh, no, thank you. Right? If you knew ahead of time. But what did Paul say? He must have said, okay. Because what Paul goes throughout the, the New Testament, but none of these things move me. All this stuff I'm going through, being shipwrecked and being beaten and being stoned nearly to death, and all this stuff that I've got to go through for the kingdom's sake is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. He said, this is what Paul said, I count those things as dung, garbage, trash, all that stuff I'm going through. If this is what being chosen of God means, it's, I count all that stuff as, as dung. So today, I'm, I'm, I guess the you to and say, what are we doing? Given us, he me. You believe that? If he you, then then we got to do what John. 15, what did it say in John fifteen and five? This is the vine. We are the branches. The vine. What to do? Yeah. Connected to the, the the vine. You're the branch. You get your sustenance and your you need your power and your ability to live from the roots that are connected to the tree. So without me, you can do nothing. And so he was telling his disciples, go bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. Amen. You know, we're, we're the branch out there, but we've got to bear some fruit. We, we can't bear fruit without him back here. So we've got to keep him. can't do it of our own volition. We can't do it out of our own mind. This book says. I, you know, initially I did this. I preached it and I understood it. And I said, yeah, I need that. But after that, I had to know. I had to know that I, I had to know for myself. What he said is really true, and I had to get it in here. But I can. I got to get revelation for myself. Not just because that preacher up there said so, but because God's book. Amen. So my question is, what are we, God's question really is, what are we doing with what we have? Every one of us is here. We've been cho- we chose to serve. You know, he calls us his bride. So, us, we said, I want to be your bride. So, we got to do what he says. And Parker's going to play this song, and called he chose me. It's an old song. And uh, if you feel like God's been talking to you, this opportunity for you to spend time with the Lord, or you can have an altar. God's not about whether you come to this altar or, or create a where you are, but I believe that we need to just talk to the Lord. Go ahead and turn that up, Sister Parker. Tonight, 